Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats, a program dedicated to creating a legacy for your pet. Animal companions, your pets, your children, whatever you call them, they are dearly loved family members. As pet parents and animal lovers, we have an obligation to ensure their current and future well-being. Join estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, your host, every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Peggy explores the many alternatives available to help you provide for the future care of your pets. They love us unconditionally. Let's make sure we care and provide for them in every circumstance. Hello and welcome. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and it is my pleasure to be with you today. Every time we get together, we talk about the importance of planning for our pets from an estate planning perspective, from the perspective of what happens if we become disabled during our lifetime, and then also what to do in the event of a natural disaster. So today we're going to be particularly talking about planning for horses and we're going to be talking about wild mustangs. And during our show, if you have any questions, we ask that you call us at 718-766-4996, 718-766-4996, so that we can get your question on the air. You can also post to our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. So I'm really excited about today's show because we're talking about one of my favorite animals, horses in particular, and um, mustangs as well. So when I'm asked to help a family plan for their horses, planning for horses is really a little bit different than planning for dogs or cats. And the primary reason is that horses, of course, are significantly larger than dogs and cats. They're also significantly more expensive to care for. And then lastly, they can live anywhere between 25 and 40 years of age. And so they live a lot longer than most dogs or cats as well. And I guess then I would also say that they also require, um, on the expense side, they also require quite a bit of property um, in order to provide them with um, enough land that they will have plenty of grass to um, to take care of them. So as most of you probably know, I have three horses currently. I have Reno, I have Spirit, and I have Heaven. But my first two horses after I became an adult were my horses Reno and Tahoe. And Reno and Tahoe are both Bureau of Land Management Mustangs, and they were adopted through the Bureau of Land Management um, Government Adoption Program, and you can find out more information about that program on the BLM website at www.blm.gov. But I remember thinking about getting my first horses as an adult, and I don't know why it occurred to me to think about adopting a Mustang, but I knew I wanted to rescue some horses. And so I asked a good friend of mine um, what he thought I should do from a rescue perspective. And he said that he was aware that there was a government adoption coming up in the Ocala, Florida area. 
shortly um, after I was thinking about getting these animals and that maybe I should um, I should think about becoming an adoptive parent through the Bureau of Land Management. So that idea was pretty appealing to me, and I decided that I would go ahead with that process. And there is an application that you have to fill out. There's an approval process. And then there was actually an adoption. And so my friend Lisa and I went to Ocala for the adoption. And it was actually at this adoption that we met our special guest today, Diane Delano. And so Diane and I had an opportunity to meet. She adopted a Mustang at that adoption. I adopted two Mustangs, and we became lifelong friends as a result of that. Um, And I'm going to have the privilege of introducing you to Diane in a moment. But before I do that, I just wanted to make sure that folks are thinking about if you have horses and if you're planning for horses, that it's really important to think about all of the different aspects of planning, not just who's going to be the daily pet caregiver, but who's going to manage the assets for the pets, how much money you're going to leave for the benefit of those pets and making sure that they are sufficient assets to take care of them for the rest of their lifetime. In that vein, um, I am creating a facility in Virginia, right in the heart of horse country, called All Horses Go to Heaven. And All Horses Go to Heaven is designed to be a perpetual care facility for horses um, that It won't be for every horse. It's not going to be a rescue. Um, It's definitely going to be an environment for people who want to make sure that their horses are going to have a lifetime place to be taken care of. So that's all I want to say about that right now, but I invite you to call with your questions, 718-766-4996, or post to our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, or even you can contact us on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. So right now what I'd like to do is I'd like to introduce you to my friend Diane Delano. And Diane is the Executive Director of the Wild Horse Rescue Center located in Mims, Florida. And Diane, it is my pleasure to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank thank you, Peggy, so much for having me on the show today. And I can remember back meeting you at that adoption just like it was yesterday. I remember what your horses looked like when they were babies. I remember you picking them and bidding against Debbie. And it's just amazing how uh, probably 20-plus years. Do you remember what year that was, Dave? Well, Reno turned uh, 19 this summer, so um, it was almost 19 years ago. Yep, because he was just a colt. So that's pretty amazing um, journey uh, that it has taken you with the Mustangs and the people that you've met, just like me meeting you there at that adoption. Well, tell tell our listeners a little bit, Diane, about the horse that you adopted at that um, same adoption. What was his name and how long did you have him? I had Shiloh, and he was a Palomino Mustang. He was out of Nevada, and um, he was just a beautiful, uh, he was an ugly duckling at first, and then developed into this beautiful, dapply, snow-white mane and tail Mustang. He actually grew pretty good size. He was probably about 15'3", and um, I saddle-trained him with a dear friend of mine, rode him for many years, and then becoming a rescue at that time, I started becoming a rescue, 
I went ahead and placed some of my personal horses so that I could take in more horses that were in need of rescue. So I do remember at that time you were just getting started with the Wild Horse Rescue, and at that time you were working as a volunteer for the Bureau of Land Management, doing some home investigations to make sure that the people that were adopting Mustangs were actually going to provide them with a good home. Can you um, talk a little bit about what that um, review process is for folks that might be interested in adopting a Mustang? Absolutely. I got involved as a volunteer right off from getting adopting Mustangs. So for 25 years, I've been a volunteer compliance officer. So I volunteer my time and services to the Bureau. They can call me and ask me to go out and do a compliance. A compliance check is when somebody adopts a Mustang, like myself or Peggy or anyone else, they have to fill out paperwork to adopt this horse. They have to write on their paperwork where their facility is, what type of facility, barn, fences, what are they feeding the horse, who is their vet, who, um, how are they providing care to this animal water-wise, and everything feed hay. So I go and I check on these people to see if they are really telling the truth, and that's a volunteer compliance officer's job. Now, I also go, say, the Bureau of Land Management has gotten the report of a neglect or a case of abuse, they may send me to go look at it and actually pick up a horse for them because they're stationed out of Jackson, Mississippi, and I'm in Florida. So Florida's a big adoption state, so all I do is provide a safe house for that horse, get it vet care, and then the Bureau can either come pick it up or I try very hard to get these horses readopted out into homes that are qualified for them. And and right now, don't you have a couple of horses that are kind of in that limbo land that are between oh, where you absolutely. are and going back to the BLM? I do, Peggy, absolutely. We just had five horses come in uh, yesterday, actually Sunday, yep, yesterday. Um, we have a mare with a three-month-old baby. She was adopted while she was pregnant. She is still wild. She looks just it just tugs at my heart to see the fear in her eyes she still is not okay with people and she's had that baby and she just wants to protect her little colt um he's very curious he's adorable he will gentle up in the right environment and so will she there's a beautiful big mare five years old that is already gentled up a five-year-old gilding from wyoming that is gentled up and then there's another mare that came in from um, Nevada. She was adopted in 07, drifted around from person to person, and she still is pretty timid of people. So um, none of these horses are titled by the Bureau of Land Management, and that's where for one year a person that adopts a Mustang must keep that horse for that year, have a veterinarian or animal control officer or a volunteer compliance officer or a Bureau of Land Management person sign off on that horse that it's in good condition, been taken care of. And this is why some horses are untitled many, many years afterwards, is most people that don't title their horse is because they didn't take care of it and didn't keep it for one year. And I remember when I was in that one-year time period with Reno and Tahoe, 
how I felt like guardianship had been entrusted to me for the care of these beautiful horses, but they really didn't belong to me until I managed to get to that one-year time period, at which time I could apply for the permanent title to both Reno and Tahoe. I did go through that titling process, and when I got those certificates of title, I can just remember being so excited and so happy that they were finally truly my horses and then one of my other friends um, for my birthday I think it was for my 40th birthday actually she had those certificates framed for me with pictures of both Reno and Tahoe and those are really one of my very most prized possessions is um, is those certificates of title as you know Diane Tahoe is really he was the love of my life I I just yeah, adored yeah. him, and he was so, so special to me. He unfortunately developed a seizure disorder when he was 10 years old. And I know many people probably would have had him euthanized, but I'm not like every person. And um, right. I kept I kept Tahoe on seizure medication for approximately 10 years. And he died um, from natural causes. He did have a massive seizure, but he died um, at the age of 17. And I'm happy to say that um, he lived a long and happy life. So we're going to have to go to break here in a moment. And um, I want to thank Diane for being our special guest today. We're going to come right back with her. And we're going to hear more about the Wild Horse Rescue Center. And we're going to talk more about Mustangs. We would love for you to call us at 718-766-4996 or post your question to our Facebook page, All My Children Wear Fur Coats, and we will be right back. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Nature'sChannel.fm. Amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness, and fighting for nature. Nature'sChannel.fm. It's where we grow. Organic, loose leaf, and simply delectable. Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect, and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts, creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, and positively delicious. Find us at prasanatea.com. Prasana Tea. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature Sanctuary Sunday service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature Sanctuary Sunday service and the Church of Nature. Join the Horses, Heart, and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on natureschannel.fm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for horse wisdom straight from the stall. Horses are the heartbeat of the earth, and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. 
They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for horse wisdom shared straight from the stalls. Serendipity every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature'sChannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature'sChannel.fm. Nature's Channel is where you grow. Amazing talk, radio shows. We talk about animals and gardening, natural health and wellness. Listen live at Find Archives at Nature'sChannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Nature'sChannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Nature'sChannel.fm. We're talking today with Diane Delano from the Wild Horse Rescue Center in Mims, Florida. We're taking your questions at 718-766-4996 or on our Facebook page, at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. Welcome back, Diane. We're really excited to have you today. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. So um, on the BLM website, so at blm.gov, one of the things that they are um, saying on the site is that they've placed more than 230,000 wild horses and burros into private care since 1971. And some people will remember that that's the year that they passed the Wild Horse and Burrow Act. And I'm only aware of that fact because at that time I was a young person and um, my father was the president of the Humane Society of the United States. And along with Wild Horse Annie and a lot of other equine advocates, um, they were able to successfully pass this legislation back in 1971. I actually have... um, Diane, you may not know this, but I actually have the um, photograph that they used in the actual congressional hearings when they were doing um, some of the wild horse legislation at that time. And so even though you've been involved with Mustangs longer, I've kind of been on the outskirts, and I even found in uh, one of my horse books one day a, uh, a book report that I had written on wild Mustangs and how someday I hope to own one. And I have forgotten oh, about that. <laughs> so that is what amazing. made you fall in love with Mustangs, Diane? Well, just like you in the 70s, I remember the Mustangs being uh, protected, 1971. Um, in my seventh grade class, I made a piece of pottery with Mustangs running around the bowl. I still have that pottery. It has these horses that were wild horses running completely around it. And so I seen my very first live Mustang in 1976 at a boarding stable, and I was just amazed with a beautiful horse, and he was so well-behaved. He was only there a brief time, but I always just wanted to own a wild horse and to get it from the wild and gentle it up myself. 
I loved animals my entire childhood up into my adulthood, obviously. And I just wanted to have that experience. And I didn't get that experience until I was almost 30 as far as actually getting out there and adopting. I think I was 28 years old when I did my first adoption. So even though I had other horses prior to those Mustangs, I never gave up that dream of wanting to own a wild horse. Well, and I think that's why you and I are um, kindred spirit because we both kind of have developed that love for the wild horse since we were younger people, junior high school age, and, and loving horses all of our lives. So tell us, why did you start the Wild Horse Rescue Center, and what was the first year of your operation? Well, at first I just was adopting Mustangs, you know, for myself, and I just fell in love with these horses. And then I started realizing that a lot of the things that people were saying weren't true. was not really the horse's fault, is what people had done to the horse to make the horse act that way that if you actually took the wild horse and gentled it up first, they made great horses, trustworthy, easy to train. So it was in uh, up until like 2000, I was trying to mentor and help people here and there that were local. And um, some of my volunteers laughed because I said, then the Internet, because in 2000, you actually had home computers. Prior to that, you know, you could only read in magazines or newspaper clippings, which, by the way, I have from the 70s. I have a photo album of newspaper or magazine clippings of Mustangs. I've been following them ever since I was young. So I took in my first official rescue in 2001, and that just really changed my heart. I really felt horrible for what that horse had endured for that year that it was with the original adopters that I just started uh, taking in horses. It wasn't until 2007 when I became a nonprofit, but prior to that I was all out of pocket. And then really it wasn't in 2010 before I really did anything with my nonprofit as far as getting it out there to other foundations and really getting people to know that we were here with a website and everything like that. We had all of our paperwork, and we're doing it from 07 to 10, but it really wasn't very, um, we didn't have our website and, and everything in order to really be recognized as a nonprofit out there. So what would you say today is the main goal of the Wild Horse Rescue Center? Well, we'd like to uh, be able to rehabilitate these horses and adopt them out. I would love to see a lot of the wild horses remain out in the wild. I think that these horses do have a right out on the land, but there are horses that you can get from the wild, and they do make beautiful riding companion animals. So I'm not against the adopting of these horses, but I also do want to see these horses stay out in the wild. There's a really big dilemma. You touched on how many horses have been adopted. Today, I have the Bureau of Land Management staying at my center. Three of my horses at my center that I picked up last year that we had a hard time reading their freeze brands, we were able to track part of their freeze brands with their body um, colors, and uh, like they have stars or pastrons or whatever, and 
those horses are not even titled. We're talking um, 20 years on one of them, 15 years on another, seven years on another. That's crazy that these horses have been floating around, and they ended up at my center, and we have taken them in, and now we will um, get our paperwork right so that these horses will be out of the system so that they'll never have to um, go back to the Bureau of Land Management. And it's not that the Bureau of Land Management doesn't feed them. It's that, unfortunately, a lot of these horses go back to the Bureau of Land Management and other people may adopt them and abuse them. And I just hate to see them abused in the first place, and I hate to see it again when I promise these horses to put them back into health and shape and get their minds right. And then the last thing I want is to see them to be in a horrible condition again. Sure. Well, and you mentioned the uh, the term freeze brand. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what a freeze brand is and, and what it depicts for a particular horse? Absolutely. Back in 1971 when they were going to have these horses adopted to the public, actually Wild Horse Annie and Barbara Eustace Cross were very active with preserving these horses. They came up with the freeze brand system on the left side of the horse's neck and it would be a big U for United States. It would be the birth year that that horse was approximate, and a lot of times they're pretty good at aging by the teeth. And then it would be the area where that horse was rounded up at, and then the four last numbers would be that horse's, like, social number. Now, this is alpha sigma coding, so it's not actually, like, the number eight or four, but it is on a... On a um, alpha scale where it's angles and those angles mean numbers on a one to zero, one to ten uh, numbering. Um, well, and it I is don't... freeze branded, not hot brand. Hot brand is very damaging to the other skin. Uh, freeze branding is like people get freeze brand off warts so it just hurts the skin that it was touched and no other surrounding skin. Well, and it causes the hair to go white, and so I know when I look at Reno's freeze brand today, it's it's almost indecipherable what those symbols actually mean anymore, and doesn't that happen for a lot of horses, so as they get it, older? It does, and if they are roan, like if they have a, a skin coloration, it is very, very difficult to read. And also, the reason those freeze brands were put on, a lot of people might not remember, Peggy, but from like the 1950s to the 1970s, those horses were rounded up and sold to canneries. They were used for chicken food, not for human consumption back in that day. In the 60s and 70s, it was dog food. In the 50s and early 60s, it was fertilizer and chicken food. So the freeze brands were to protect these horses from the slaughter plants here in the United States that they would see that freeze brand on that horse, and you better have title certificate. Otherwise, the slaughterhouses uh, were going to be heavily fined for processing Mustangs that were government, um, belonged to the government and not titled. Oh, well, that makes good sense then. Um, so, yeah, that would just be an easy way to know that a horse was um, either government property or if it hadn't been titled um at least give somebody the indication that they ought to be asking or looking for a title to a horse. Absolutely. So do you still attend a lot of the adoption programs? 
I do. I I have um, where we go to any of them in the state of Florida. Uh, the reason I go to these adoptions is, one, to let people know that I'm here for them, that they can contact us. We can help them with trainers maybe in their area. Um, with these 25-plus years that I've been involved, I know people from Maine to California to Oregon to Florida, all throughout the United States. So I can um, network to help people with their Mustangs. So when I go to the adoption, I always go there. Sometimes I set up a table and talk to people about the rescue and about how to gentle these horses up. Sometimes I'll give a demo. And sometimes we do bring home a couple horses or burrows so that we can gentle them up and make sure they get a good start. And then I can screen people because even though they're adopted through the Bureau of Land Management, we do have requirements that I can make sure that they are fulfilling when they adopt. Excellent. Well, we are going to have to go to break, and so we're going to come back in just a few moments. But you're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. We're talking to Diane Delano today with the Wild Horse Rescue Center. You can call us at 718-766-4996 or post your questions to our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, and we will be right back. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Natureschannel.fm, amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness, and fighting for nature. Natureschannel.fm. It's where we grow. Organic, loose leaf, and simply delectable, Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect, and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts, creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, and positively delicious. Find us at prasanatea.com. Prasanna Tea. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature Sanctuary Sunday Service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature Sanctuary Sunday Service and the Church of Nature. Join the Horses, Heart, and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on naturechannel.fm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for horse wisdom straight from the stalls. Horses are the heartbeat of the earth, and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for horse wisdom shared straight from the stalls. Serendipity every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature'sChannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature'sChannel.fm. 
Nature's Channel is where you grow with amazing talk, radio shows. We talk about animals and gardening, natural health and wellness. Listen live at Find Archives at natureschannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Hello and welcome back. I'm Peggy Hoyt. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. If you want to give us a call, we're at 718-766-4996, or you can post your questions to our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, or you can post a question to our Twitter um, at Kids in Fur Coats. So today we're talking with Diane Delano from the Wild Horse Rescue Center located in Mims, Florida. And um, Diane's been in the Mustang business a long time. Diane, I'm on the uh, BLM website, and I noticed that there's a a lot of adoptions coming up throughout the end of the year, none of which are in Florida. But um, if somebody was interested in going to one of these adoptions, they could certainly go to the BLM website. You could call Diane and find out what kind of horses she has available for adoption. But, Diane, one of the things that you mentioned is um, gentling these horses. So tell our listeners a little bit about that gentling process and what you would do from the moment of adoption for a wild horse that had never been handled by a human before. Well, we kind of like to look at it as they're coming into your your environment. So we bring them into a safe environment. We go with a 24 by 24 square pen. A reason a square pen is better than round, it gives them an area to turn and face you with their back to the wall. It makes the horse feel more relaxed in a square pen versus a round pen. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to provide food, hay, water, cleaning the pen. We're not going to try to touch or handle that horse right when he gets with us. Some of them are easy. They come right up to you. Some of them are really afraid. So we're going to evaluate where this horse's comfort zone is. And then we slowly will gentle it up. It may take a couple days to get that horse to be able to be touched on, or it might take a couple months. It really is going to depend on the animal. When we go in there, we are doing stuff by cleaning the pen, That horse can move away from us and turn and look at us. It's kind of that old way. If you were to, like, whisper to somebody and talk to them real quiet, other people would be like, oh, what's going on over there? You want that horse to be interested in you, and so you don't want to make that horse afraid right at first. Some people get them, and they'll want to put them on a really quick training program. And some of the Mustangs, I will say, can handle that. If you have 10 Mustangs, maybe one or two could handle that. But what about the other six to eight that can't? That's where a lot of people run into the problem is that they might try to use a certain training method on on every single Mustang. And they're just like people. 
some of us learn quicker. Some of us are nervous. Some of us are easy to get along with. Some of us don't trust. The horses are exactly the same way. So we call it gentling. One of our volunteers is 88 years old. Okay, Mr. Bob is one of our gentlers. He just sits in the pen quietly with the hay. He just sits there with his presence and doesn't try to touch the animals. He lets them be able to come around him and see that he's no threat. So you don't have to, um, 1950s, 1960 dime store novels were all about the American wild horses. And in most of those books, they were roping them and they had fire coming out of their nostrils and they were bucking and it was this whole big wild grab this animal and make it, you know, submit to whatever it is you want to do. They are really kind, gentle, afraid animals. They are animals that are grazers. They look at us as predators. So therefore, they look at us as something that could potentially hurt them at first. Well, and I know throughout your career, you've seen a lot of abuse of wild horses and even have had um, at least one that I know of, and maybe more than one, that actually could never be gentled and needed to be released back into the wild. Can you tell a little bit about the Wyoming story? I sure can. In in 2001, I brought in a mare named, uh, well, we named her Wyoming. Her name was Cheyenne. And the sad thing is, the year before, I seen her at the adoption, and I felt sorry for her. I just took a picture of her, and she was seven years old at that time, and her back was really long, and confirmationally, she was kind of short, and she looked empty. I just felt bad. I took a photograph of her, and then a year later, people in the same town where I lived happened to come to me, and I went and I looked at their Mustang, and there she was, and she looked horrible. She looked absolutely worse than she did. She now was starved, had nothing in her eyes. They had, The man had been roping and choking and doing things that was just horrible to this horse. So I took her in, and I worked with her for eight months. And the gift I gave her was her freedom back to the Black Hills Sanctuary in South Dakota. Even though I could touch her and handle her to a degree, she was never okay. It was like a POW. Uh, she was like a prisoner within our fences. When I let her go, it was a great feeling to know that she had freedom back to be the horse that she was before. And also, I had a photograph two years ago sent to me of her there at the age of 23. looked beautiful, and the eyes were soft and kind and watery, and it looked like she has been enjoying her life. That is such an amazing story, and I love to hear you tell that story. Well, I bet folks are probably wondering how one person can do all of this work by themselves, and I know that you don't do it all by yourself. You have an amazing international volunteer program. Tell us a little bit about your program and how somebody would get involved with that. Well, it's pretty funny. Peggy, I started out, you know, just this dream of helping Mustangs, and I just kept doing it. And then I was able to get people to believe by seeing the works that we were doing. 
and seeing the changes in our horses. And we were able to get picked up by the Abraham Foundation four years ago where they um, put us on their program and they offered to us a volunteer international program. So we had to set that up and run it ourselves and grow with it, but they were willing to um, let us uh, start with it, and that is why we have this amazing program. We have volunteers from all over the world come and stay with us, and they learn about the wild horses. They work with our wild horses, and we actually have one horse in Germany, and three horses in Canada due to this international program with our wild horses. So it is a delightful program. We are not only touching people here in the United States, we are now touching people all over the whole world. That's incredible. And I know most of the volunteers that come to you are young women who are interested in horses. They're not all horse lovers, but they may have an interest in horses or rehabilitating horses. But it's certainly open to both men and women, correct? It is. We actually have three guys right now, and we have nine women here. So we actually have gotten some guys that have come in. You know, it's really amazing. People come here to help these horses, and we have a dozen dogs. But what's amazing is that these animals truly are helping these people. We have seen such wonderful changes in growth in people that come here with, you know, thinking, well, we're coming here just to help these animals. And then their hearts are so touched by these animals that when they're leaving, just them crying and just can't believe how much they have connected with animals. Well, and I know you have pretty good uh, repeat volunteers as well, so some people that come back time after time because they just have found that really the Wild Horse Rescue Center is kind of a magical place and a place that they want to return to time and time again. We have we have 70 people who have returned from last, and it is so amazing when they come back seeing how they've already been here. They already know a lot of the animals. They come back and they just bring this wonderful energy with them to the new volunteers that come here. And some of the volunteers coming here having just no idea, you know, what they're going to do. And then the work is hard. By all means, we are working outside. Um, we do give our volunteers a break in the middle of the day so that, um, to me, I can work 18 hours a day so I have to remember that these young people need a break. So we give them a break from 12 to 3, and then we work from 3 to 7 or 8 o'clock at night, and we start at 8.30 to 12 during the day. It is really, Peggy, I am very honored and blessed to have this program. It, is just, it just makes me smile to see all these different people that want to come here. We have a waiting list of people oh, wanting a waiting to come. List. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, and Diane is telling the truth when she says that she can work 18 hours a day. She has worked tirelessly for the 19 years that I've known her. And I would encourage all of our listeners to visit her website at wildhorserescuecenter.com. 
org. You can also find her on Facebook at Wild Horse Rescue Center. And um, Diane has been a friend of mine and I hope a lifelong friend forever and ever because we do share this uh, love for wild horses and she's done so many amazing things to help these horses. We're going to go to break here in a moment and we're going to come back and talk a little more with Diane Delano from the Wild Horse Rescue Center in Mims, Florida. You can call in with your questions at 718-766-4996 or you can visit us on our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats or you can find us on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. We'll be right back. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Natureschannel.fm, amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness, and fighting for nature. Natureschannel.fm, it's where we grow. Organic, loose leaf, and simply delectable, Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect, and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts, creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, and positively delicious. Find us at prasanatea.com. Prasanna Tea. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature's Sanctuary Sunday service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature's Sanctuary Sunday service and the Church of Nature. Join the Horses, Heart, and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on natureschannel.fm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for horse wisdom straight from the stalls. Horses are the heartbeat of the earth, and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for horse wisdom shared straight from the stalls. Serendipity every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature'sChannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature'sChannel.fm. Nature's Channel is where you grow. Amazing talk, radio shows. We talk about animals and gardening, natural health and wellness. Listen live at Find Archives at natureschannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. 
Welcome back. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. We've been talking today with Diane Delano with the Wild Horse Rescue Center in Mims, Florida. Talking about Mustangs is probably my favorite thing in the whole wide world to do. So I know we could have Diane on many, many times and never run out of things to talk about. I do want to encourage you to visit her website at the Wild Horse Rescue Center dot org or to visit her on Facebook at Wild Horse Rescue Center. You can find out how to volunteer at Diane's farm in Mims, Florida. You can sponsor a Mustang. You can adopt a Mustang. There are lots of ways that you can help from making donations to buying a horse painting. So, Diane, tell us a little bit about the horse paintings. Oh, that is pretty incredible. Our wild horses and tame Mustangs do make paintings. And I um, had a girlfriend that was doing this with watercolors on canvas and apple slices. So we came back to our rescue and tried it. And so we make it with tempera and carrots and apples, and they make these paintings. And I'll tell you, Peggy, some of these paintings are amazing. It's like clouds. You know, sometimes you look up and you see a cloud that is definitely a dog or a horse or a dolphin. These paintings always have stuff in them. And the people that get these paintings, a lot of times the paintings have something in it that is personal to them. So I have seen this time and time again. I've seen grizzly spirits. I've seen a woman that loved um, wolves have a dreamcatcher-looking wolf in her. She had a feather on a necklace, and that was in there. A woman wrote a book. I've seen it look like a book in there. So it's been incredible. You can take your imagination anywhere you want to go with it. It is a fundraiser. So we do um, ask for a donation if our horses are going to paint. And it's a personal thing. You can come and have the painting done right there with the horse and take that painting home to cherish it forever. I just think those are so cool. And I know from time to time you have events out at the farm where the public can come out and meet you and meet the horses and meet the dogs and meet the pigs and Meet all of the wonderful animals that you have out at your rescue center. Diane has just done so many wonderful things for the Mustangs of the world. And I just want to thank you, Diane, for all of your hard work and everything that you've done to bring awareness to people about how fabulous Mustangs are and that they really can be terrific equine companions. Well, thank you, Peggy, and it's people like you, many people I've met along this journey that have a wonderful friendship and care for animals. You know, I can always walk into an adoption and end up meeting really nice people. There are lots of people out there that want to make a difference in animals' lives. The sad part, yes, I do come across a lot of really, really horrible situations, but I turn that animal around if we can, and very, very rarely we've ever had to put an animal down due to neglect, but that can happen. I have had some that have not made it, so the ones that do make it, I do promise them that their life will be better, and I promise 
that the next go around with people will be a lifetime uh, relationship and home. And that's why sometimes our animals come back to us if something happens where the person cannot keep the horse. Or like what you're talking about, what do you do with this horse later in life if something happens physically or even death, unfortunately. So um, we try to provide a return system for these horses to come back into. Well, thank you so much, Diane. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you being with us. We want to encourage all of our listeners to plan for your pets, especially your horses. If you need our help, you can always reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats, and you can hear us every Monday at 3 o'clock on natureschannel.fm. Next Monday we'll be talking with Ralph DeMeo, who's an attorney and the former chair of the Florida Bar Animal Law Committee. Diane, thank you again, and keep up the good work. We appreciate you. Thank you, Peggy, and thank you so much for having me on your show. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. See you next week. Happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats here on natureschannel.fm. All My Children Wear Fur Coats explores options and alternatives for creating a lasting legacy for your pets. Visit LegacyForYourPet.com to join our email list for updates on shows, links to archives, information on complimentary pet planning workshops, and more. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Happy tails! See you next week.